Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Mr. Davis and I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. It's Christmas soon. It is, yeah. We recorded our Christmas special last night. That's how close we are to Christmas. Do you feel Christmassy? Well, so as we've talked about in this podcast before, because I'm moving house, we haven't put any Christmas decorations up. And so I I had a startling realization today where I was like, bloody hell, it's Christmas a week Friday. Mm. Uh, I still thought we had like another couple of weeks uh, before we got around to Christmas. We don't. We've got, you know, 10 days or whatever it is. So I don't know if I feel uh, not as Christmassy, Christmassy as I have been in previous years. Why? What about you? No, I haven't got it. I keep waiting for the the Christmas twinkle to happen, but there's no twinkle. Oh, mate. Do you think you're just getting old and jaded now? I don't know. I even watched Shazam, which is, (laughs) I didn't know, a Christmas movie. And it it, it gave me no joy there. There was no Christmas No, I really like the film. But the Christmas themes didn't connect with me. No, it's a great film, though, isn't it? Mm, Really good. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, right, well, we have got your uh, COVID, what do we call it? Did I call it in the end? COVID wars. League of Lockdown. League of Lockdown, that was it. Yeah, uh, we've got that coming up in the outro, outro portion of the show. Um, this will mean nothing to you now, unless you do decide to listen to the uh, the worst episode we put out every year, the Christmas special. But uh, we got a reply from the email that we sent. <gasps> no. It just says... Please tell me your best price. So unfortunately, they didn't they didn't really address any of the things that we'd said. We told them the best price. It was the dollar sign, wasn't <laughs> it? It was. It was a dollar sign lot smushes. Yeah. How do you want us to be more clear? I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, we've got to talk about Raw and what on earth? What the bloody hell? I'm going to go very partridge here. What on earth are they doing with Keith Lee? Here is the show. <laughs> 
Hey, Luke. Yes, Luke. Luke. Yes. Pick heads or tails? Uh, heads. Heads. But I'm still going to beat you anyway. That was a legit <laughs> promo that Keith Lee cut on Raw. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. And what <laughs> a WWE doing with Keith Lee. I can't believe I sat here four months ago and said, come on, YouTube fans. Come on, viewers. Internet, calm down. Yes, he's wearing a silly outfit. Yes, his music was crap. But you know what? He's debuting in a main event series with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Look at the guy. He was protected at Survivor Series 2019. He was protected at Royal Rumble 2020. Vince McMahon is high on this guy backstage. What could go wrong? Everything. Yeah, so if you didn't see Raw this week, uh, or if you didn't hear the news, uh, if you've been under a rock, on Friday it was reported that uh, Vince and and you know those higher ups, particularly Bruce and uh, Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn, decided that Keith Lee, of all people, needed refining and was sent back to the performance center to learn how to wrestle as a big man because WWE only got one style of big man and uh, Keith was not doing that. You need to be you need to be brawn basically running into posts and whatnot. So they sent him back to the performance center. And I mean I don't know about you but I thought it was a much better worker this week. I thought that uh, extra couple of, it was it really paid off. Really, yeah, yeah. Really I mean off. he lost. Yeah, I mean yeah but there was that th he was like I would say, you know, conservatively he was pants before you know mm. if you'd have asked me on thursday is keith lee a good wrestler i'd have told you no he's absolutely he, he's he's dog poop is what he is he's not but one now, of the most charismatic people we've ever had the privilege of seeing live no he 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 never had one of the greatest wrestling matches i've ever seen um at rev pro not at all but now in this two-on-one handicap match where he loses to miz and morrison absolute star now 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 he's a big guy now he's wrestling like a big guy so when I first heard these reports over the weekend, uh, I I thought, well, you know, this might not be a bad thing. This this might just be Vince wanting to push people in 2021 because Otis was another one of the names on this list, and you know Vince loves Otis, like he, he that, that that's been widely reported. He, took, he you, put the money in the bank off of him. Exactly, <laughs> he's his favourite. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think Keith Lee is the same just by how, you know, I, I know he hasn't had a storyline, but they haven't beaten him, right? It's mostly been DQ losses and stupid finishes. By WWE standards, he has been protected somewhat. So I thought, okay, well, maybe he's going back down to the performance center as just some prep work. And then when WWE fully pulled the trigger on him, because this was coming just the day after as well, wrestle votes who are very reliable, reported a that they had a tweet where they said the currently discussed matches for WrestleMania, one of them is Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar versus Keith Lee. That's, That's an amazing big. idea. And I thought, oh, maybe, well, you know, maybe he's going back. So he's ready for that. That's one of the biggest matches this company can do. Bro uh, Drew McIntyre has been the biggest star for this year. Brock Lesnar's one of the biggest stars they've had for the last decade. But on last night's episode of Raw, he was in a two-on-one handicap match with Miz and Morrison. 
he looked pretty good for five minutes. You know, he was throwing them around. Commentary were putting him over strong. But ultimately, he lost when they both laid on him. I hated this finish uh, quite a lot because the finish was that Keith Lee was holding up Morrison and then Miz gave him a chop block so that Lee fell down and Morrison fell on top of him and then Miz sort of dogpiled on top of it as well to get the, the three count because there was no tagging in and out even though the commentator said at the start of this match they do need to tag in and out. I guess the referee is just changing that. Um, and But then Miz and Morrison escape the ring and celebrate and Keith Lee just stands back up. So absolutely no one benefited from this because Miz and Morrison don't look good for pinning Keith Lee because the lad just got back up. Keith Lee also doesn't look good because he got pinned by something he apparently could just stand right back up from. Absolutely no one looked good coming out of this. And you couple that with the coin flip. Is that his new gimmick now? Like oh, I thanks. thought, I thought the line was going to be because he flicks the coin, right? And he says like heads or tails. And this says heads. So he catches it, puts it down. And he's like, oh, it's heads. I'm now going to beat you. I thought the line would be, that's the only thing you're going to win tonight. Like, and that's the line, right? But instead he just goes, heads, I'm, I'm going to beat you now. Like, what, what is it? Well, I, I don't know. Like, it's, to me, it played like he panicked in the moment because he was given this awful thing to do and the <laughs> thing didn't work. So he was like, well, I'm still going to beat you. In which case, he's like, well, just, just don't show the camera the coin or I use a coin that's both. The, the, look, the, this is by the by. Why has he got a coin? <laughs> this is part of his gimmick. This has never been chance has never been a part of Keith Lee's character. He is limitless. And I keep seeing this in the comments and on tweets. WWE are trying to put limits on a guy whose whole character is based around being limitless, bask in his glory. No, let's make sure he doesn't do the stuff that got him over. It just I, I don't know what's more damaged, like what's more scary. Is it that WWE don't see anything in Keith Lee? Or is it that they genuinely think he needs to change to be successful? Yeah, I mean, that last one is a real kick in the teeth, right? Like, that is one that I, I don't understand at all. Like, you can't... There, there was that thing, because Keith Lee recently had a documentary on the network, and people were sharing around the clip being like, oh, look, this is Keith Lee interacting with Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon says, I'm paraphrasing here, but Vince McMahon says like, yeah, okay, now it's your chance to show me what you've got. And I'm like, Vince, you've got, you've got NXT. You bloody own Evolve. You can go, but you can watch all of his good stuff. It's out there to watch, but you run a wrestling promotion. Watch some wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you did one match out in Raw. That's that is literally the only thing I'm ever going to watch that you do. That mm. that to me does not make any sense. To have someone on your roster like Keith Lee and to look at him and be like, do you know what he needs? A, a costume change. B, new uh, ring. Uh, he also needs new music. C, he now needs a coin, and to lose to Miz and Morrison, who have been beaten like a drum since they came since they went into Raw. It's it, not good at all. It's not a good look. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzlemania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Now let's see what you guys think of this episode of Raw. Uh, of course, get all your ultra chats in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We will read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Bacon Rasher says, hi, lads. As we all know, Mr. Davis knows what we want. And Raw was exactly how it was summed up in the news. Thank you, Mr. Davis. Although I did like Jeff mentioning the Hardy boy, the Hardy bros backstage. Last day of work for me until the 29th. So it's beer 52 time tomorrow. JFT. Uh, J- Jam, Jam. JTF, that's the one. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, Bacon Rasher. Uh, Charles Berg says, Raw was a stinker. Here's something I've thought about. The connection with wrestling and manga anime. The over-the-top nature, the way the fights go. But my favourite is that in manga anime, the fighter says the move's name. In wrestling, the commentary does it. Unless you're Kenny Omega, in which case you will also say the move's name. You can't escape. And then he'll do the move. Matt Hardy will do that before he uh, would hit a move. I I used to love uh, JR burying that on commentary, being like, why would you telegraph it? Why would you tell (laughs) the wrestler that you're doing a move on? You're about to do a move. Uh, Well, Marty Skrull uses it to terrific extent. He, He, you know, someone will run back off the ropes at him. He'll go up high 
and they'll block their face and they'll go, just kidding, and super kick them in the legs. <laughs> uh, Karim Hanafi, fans laughing in the Thunderdome at Wyatt's jokes. Uh, was peak dystopian WWE. I can imagine Vince screaming at the fans, laugh, damn it. But and when you say the fans, do you mean the laugh track that they have got, like the button that they're pushing for laugh? And he's just like, mm. laugh harder button. <laughs> Even the button's like, uh, got, <laughs> got some integrity to maintain here, production. <laughs> um, Matt Dennis, I have not watched WWE in a month, not even war games. Only watch you guys and AEW now. I'm tired of watching guys I used to love being treated like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Keith. I really do. He's legit one of my favorite wrestlers in the entire world. He is someone who should be. And, you know, hey, I'm hoping that WrestleVotes are still on the money with this one. That, that it is. They send him back to the performance center for a little bit of fine tuning, but it's not just they don't think he can't, that he can't work. I'm hoping that that's not the case. And that we are still heading towards Keith and Brock and Drew at WrestleMania because that'll be a big, big time match for Keith Lee. There is that other report floating around, contrary to this, this idea, saying that actually Vince doesn't see anything in Keith Lee. Imagine. Imagine that. Um, Jonathan Hedman, final one for now. Oh no, Keith Lee to get a Harvey Dent gimmick. But it's not a Harvey Dent gimmick though, is it? Because it's just like, just because you've got a coin doesn't mean you're, you're now a Harvey Dent gimmick. You might as well just like, well, he's a referee now, I guess. Referees have coins. Wasn't the, I mean, the whole thing with Harvey Dent also is that both sides are scarred. Yeah, well, or, or, you know, or one side is, is, is yeah. scarred and like, you know, just flipping it. Because that was, a, a, people used to say that about Batman Forever was like the, the thing that really annoyed comic book fans, aside from, you know, the majority of the movie, was that moment where he just keeps flipping the coin. Like he just flips the coin until he gets the side that he wants. And I was like, well, no, the point of the coin is to tell him what to do. <laughs> uh, before we get on with the full play-by-play -play review of Raw, uh, I've had a few people message me saying that there's a, that, that there was a bit in my news today where... Al Fagdor kind of said something, you know, TLC's this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, don't know what's going on. So do, do you mind if I watch it just, just to get up to speed here? Absolutely. Hey, Ollie. Um, I know it's the, it's TLC this week and I'm the other guy. He challenged you to a match at, uh, for the championship. I just wanted to say, just came on here and said that, that, I'm, I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not challenging you for the championship. You know, I, I, I've put all that behind me. All that we resolved that a year ago when we did Screen Stalker. That that whole thing is in the past. I'm a good person now. We're you know straight down the line. We're friends. We we don't need to fight over the championship. It's it's completely fine. And to that end, I I was looking through my drawers and I, I found I found the mask. And I thought we chucked it out and I thought we got rid of it, but I thought it had been burnt in the old studio, but it was there. So I've I've got rid of it. I, I took it to the tip and I left it there and that's it. The influence is done. There's no more control of Fagador in my life. It's, hang on, just got to close the window. Laurie, 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 you thought you could be rid of us. I got rid of you. Remember 
how good we were together. Remember the power. You died in the fire. Flames cannot kill Fakador. Come back to me, Laurie. Together, we could be champion. No. We could make... No. Everything. Fakador. No. Yes. Starting with you. Well, we've got TLC. We've got. I hate those pigeon noises. Oh my god! Pigeons are back. I get PTSD when I hear those pigeon noises. Genuinely, literally, the old studio collapsed because of a pigeon infestation. If you're not familiar with this story, under the accumulated weight of three years of dead pigeon carcasses and bird crap, the ceiling of our old studio collapsed because of that. And then one of them fell on a space heater and died and, and got caught on fire. I mean, it was already dead, but actually the fire made it more dead. And then was there it was fatal? a fire. Yeah. 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 But Jen, we Still, thought, we thought uh, the Fagador mask went that way with it, but along with the Chinese, the old Fagador, the old Fagador appears to be back. It's me, Luke and, Laurie or El Fagador in tomorrow's TLC predictions. Same time, live stream tomorrow. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know about you. My, I can hear something my watch is saying, and it sounds like it's saying TikTok. Uh, the, the Fagador is, is coming for you, mate. It's, it's, it, it feels like it's just a matter of time at this point. Your grasp on that championship, the, the belt that cannot be defended successfully. Okay, so this play-by-play -play review of Raw, it started off with a very brief recap of uh, Seamus accidentally bro-kicking Drew McIntyre. And I thought of all the things to recap from the previous week to start your show, why do the one that literally plays into nothing you're going to do? <laughs> well, it, I mean, no, I was about to say it sort of, but it didn't. It, it didn't mm. do it. Like, you surely you'd actually want to do the, uh, the Randy Orton theme stuff from last week. Yeah. Uh, but that's the we've got a new Thunderdome location, of course. It's now in Tropicana Field, and the opening segment I I quite liked. Is that okay? Oh, really? I mean, I I can read you one of my notes here verbatim. Is this the worst segment of the year? <laughs> <laughs> so what it was, the spotlight opens on this sort of Christmas scene set up in the ring, and Miz is there. He's telling us a story. It's the nightmare before TLC. And he's he's telling the story of our hero, AJ Styles. And when he says AJ Styles' name, a spotlight appears on Styles there. And he's like, Emma, Emma, buddy, you know, Omos, the big guy. And the light shines on Omos. And then Miz is like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to talk about him, though. And the light turns off. I thought this was kind of funnily staged. And then, like, playing the part of Drew McIntyre as this sort of pre-enactment was John Morrison dressed up as Braveheart. Because he's Scottish, you see. 
Um, at least it wasn't Fat Bastard, I guess, you know, mm. which would be the other Scottish character that Americans will know. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I thought this was pretty bad. I I, I don't like the Miz and Morrison act. I find them not not annoying in a heel way where you're supposed to boo them. Just like more change the channel. I don't want to watch these lads. Uh, I actually got a tweet from someone today who. Um, uh, when Miz won Money in the Bank off of Otis, and I got really arsy about it on that stream, I got really, really knocked off with it. Um, said, uh, you know, I think you're wrong on this one. I think that Miz is going to be a really good Money in the Bank. Now, they tweeted me again today to apologize, uh, to say, it turns out you were right. Miz is the <laughs> worst. Well, I think this was, I agree with you usually, like the whole fact stuff and when Miz and Morrison do their normal style of promos, it's, it's so obnoxious. But that this was yeah. different. I thought it was good. It was most, you know what? It was mostly AJ. AJ that's, is I, just yeah. terrific at being goofy. That's what I was going to say. Like for me, AJ saved this segment because AJ's really, really funny. And uh, yeah, I think that he he did the best with what he was given here. Capped off with a another Austin Powers reference. We've already had Fat Bastard. So Seamus walks down to interrupt this scene. No Drew McIntyre. I thought they were thick as thieves. Well, they... he had to get rid. He had to get ready for his ascension later on mm. with the championship. Not a contract signing. <laughs> championship ascension ceremony, and Seamus walks down, and AJ Styles throws a Christmas tree at him like a star. <laughs> and Byron Saxton on commentary goes, "Who throws a Christmas tree?" <laughs> Yeah, AJ's great. Also, when Seamus came out, Byron Sachter said, and I quote, oh, thank goodness, end it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th there was a bit of uh, sort of teasing dissension here as well when Miz said that he'll be the championship by the end of the night because of the money in the bank cash in. AJ sort of, you know, didn't take too kindly to that. And this went straight into a match with Seamus and AJ Styles. This match ruled. I loved this match. Mm. With the exception of the finish, I absolutely loved this match. That it was really, really great. I think Sheamus is doing some of the best single stuff he has done in years. I know he's been part of a tag team for like a lot of the last, you know, few years in WWE. But as a like he was having singles matches in in all of that. But this, the stuff he's been doing since he moved to Raw, and actually, like I would say it's, it's better than the stuff he was doing on SmackDown at the start of the year. Since he's gone to Raw, the matches with Riddle, this match here, the match leading into Survivor Series, I thought I think he's been absolutely brilliant. I think Sheamus has reinvented himself and now feels like he's a credible main eventer again, which is I, I thought they might have to do a lot more work with. But a testament to Sheamus, I thought he's been really great. Yeah, remember when we saw him at the BT Sport launch in January uh, for, for NXT UK and there was an Andrade and Sheamus match and mm -hmm. we both said the same thing. God damn, Sheamus is good. Like, yeah, yeah. what a moveset. He's got so many protected finisher-style bits of offense. Um, but yeah, he's just... I think the problem... Not the problem with Sheamus, but the way he's been presented... He's a great heel. I think that the bar tag team with Cesaro was was a good use of him. But the, the League of Nations was just fodder, really, for Roman Reigns. Uh, the, even his babyface run never properly clicked because he sort of fell into that goofy John Cena, Roman Reigns mode. The WWE were obsessed of scripting all their faces at the time. But now they've got a, a badass babyface in him. And it works really well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they've done a lot of great work with him over the last couple of months. I'm really, and I, I've I've always been a Sheamus fan, but WWE Sheamus is like particularly you know that babyface run that you're talking about there, and like the, remember the gimmick he had where it was just like you remind me of old John from back in Cork or whatever it what was. Was a guy in Cork, one of my cousins <laughs> who'd who'd climb trees all day. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was always and then would get something stuck up his bum. Like that was always like the punchline for it. Um but yeah, like I, I think this is great, great stuff for Seamus. And AJ pinning him here um to build up towards the TLC match coming this weekend, I thought was really, really good. I didn't really get the finish because mm. like Seamus just sort of fell. It it almost looked like AJ was supposed to get his feet up on the ropes, but he didn't do that, but he just sort of, it didn't feel like it was supposed to be the finish. And it's weird because they then did the exact same finish with Lana and Nia Jax two matches later. Well, I think, you know, he, it's a shame to beat Sheamus because he's getting a nice little push right now, but sometimes people have to lose, especially when it's to the guy going after the title at the pay-per-view in six days time. It is and a I, shameful thing. I, and I, I think there was more than enough reason, considering AJ worked over Sheamus's leg for half the match. Just let Sheamus tap or pass out in the calf crusher. AJ looks strong. But instead, and this is my problem with the entire feud, because of course I want to see Drew versus AJ. But AJ has not been given like any proper serious wins. He's not been given any proper serious promos. It's all comedy and flukes and more about that huge guy, Omos. Omos? Omos? Yeah, Om- Omos. I think that's his name. Osmos? Osmo? <laughs> Osmo on the outside. It's more about him. I feel like that's where WWE are, are, are really excited. Well, of course, he's so tall. I mean, he's, he's an imposing figure. You, you can, he can distract people literally just by standing there. Mm. So what do you think about the, the... It's now the template on the Raw script... Omos does something, cut to break. I I hated this spot. So the spot was Seamus had AJ up in a powerbomb uh, on the outside and right in front of the referee, uh, Osmos, now you've said it so many times, I've I've legit forgot what his name is, Omos or whatever it is, just took AJ off Seamus's shoulder Mm -hmm. and and put him down. And the referee's just like, hey now. And I was like, "That's a DQ. He's like, like that is outside interference and cheating. That is a disqualification. But it was just played for yucks. So, what are the rules?" Well, afterwards, AJ won. Of course, he was being lippy to Sheamus, but Sheamus grabbed AJ's fingers through the ropes, and that allowed Omos and AJ to to sort of tangle Sheamus up by his feet and hit him with a chair. I was like, "Oof." This is a nice little punishment angle. You know, Seamus is sort of almost reverse crucified there. This is cool. And then Drew did not come out to help. (laughs) No, he did not. Well, he was getting ready for the championship ascension. It was a big deal. I, ah, I, that, it just, it's so WWE, like, screw me for getting excited about stuff. But I was really into the Seamus Drew storyline when it was a subtle thing, the three week three weeks before Survivor Series. But this is this is just ridiculous. It's making me not like Drew. Oh, that's big. Like, that's, no, like, that is a big... as a, as like a you know what? Why isn't no, he coming no, no. out to save his mate? 
Well, because like that's what they do, isn't it? They did they did set up last week that they aren't going to be just running out to to help each other because like they they you know they could just sort of take their beatings on their own and just get back up like proper blokes would. From the guy that's going, you know, the the guy who's facing you. I'm, I'm I'm just Pritcharding this situation. I'm just telling you what the show is telling uh, us. Okay, uh, not saying uh, it's good. After that, we got some hurt business bits where they bullied a crew member backstage for eating a bro nut. Uh, Bobby Lashley sort of bullied that crew member by pouring milk so much on the crew member, it splashed all over him as well. It was an absurd amount of milk. Like that was, it was, they started pouring that carton, not realizing that it was full. And it was like, oh, is it, this is like a five liter carton. This is a lot of milk. They should have cut to break, had a picture-in-picture <laughs> of the milk still going. It went, on so long. it went so long that not Renee nearly walked away from the interview being like, I'm actually I'm running out of time for this interview segment now. Um, then Riddle is backstage. Uh, so the match this is building to is the New Day and Jeff Hardy versus the Hurt Business. Now Matt Riddle is with them because he's sort of, you know, against Lashley at the moment, an MVP. And he says, let me be bro-y, because we're, we all miss Biggie. And I thought, ah, that's nice. And by the end of the night, I never want to hear a bro pun again. <sighs> yeah, I mean, they, they sort of stumbled, I say stumbled upon something. It's, it's been Matt Riddle's gimmick for, you know, <laughs> since he started wrestling, he says bro a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, they have managed to sort of drive this into the ground very, very quickly. I, but having said that, I, did, I laughed at bro-nouns. And the little the Venn diagram that he had with like bro and people that talk, and that's the the centerpiece. That's our target audience. That really made me laugh. I also very much laughed at Kofi Kingston calling them the butt hurt business. <laughs> uh, well, there was there was one pop culture reference that was so egregious. It just made me do a complete one <laughs> any enjoyment I was having. So this this they actually had a really fun match, as you would expect, a six-man tag with the Hurt Business and Jeff Hardy and the New Day. Really good back and forth. Cedric's still trying to get over this kind of more what would you what would you say? Well, he's scrappy do. Yeah. Like that's his new gimmick, is that like the the older veterans in Lashley, Shelton, and MVP, you know, they've been around since the mid 2000s. They're sort of like, you know, they're the they're the building blocks of this group. And the young, excitable, uh, scrappy do Cedric Alexander, he's picked up a couple of wins and now thinks that he's almost like the glue that's holding them together. Which is why I then found it surprising that Bobby Lashley won, because I thought this the I, I but like I mean Cedric sort of acted like he won. But I, I would argue that we're not like Bobby Lashley hasn't got a match at the pay per view, and neither's Jeff. Um, but New Day and Hurt Business do. So I mean, you would have thought we could have done something to build to that. But it said Bobby just won, and I'm like, what? What are we doing with Bobby at the moment? Like Bobby just keeps winning, but nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, okay. That's, cool. <laughs> that's, that's it. What they that's it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I quite like this. Uh, I like, I think they're building to Riddle Lashley, so they're keeping him mm. strong. For that. Uh, and I expect that match to be randomly added to the, the pay-per-view this weekend. 
Oh yeah, it'd probably be done on Sunday about an hour before. Maybe it'll be on the, the kickoff show or something. I, and I will say, actually, I really do like this Cedric storyline. And I like mm. the subtlety that they're doing with this as well. It's not being overstated by commentary. It's not being overstated in promos and stuff. But when Cedric jumped in after the match and he, like, he jumped onto Bobby Lashley, he jumped up on the turnbuckle. And MVP is just looking at him being like, all right, kid. Like, yeah, we won and that's great and everything. But come down here. We'll celebrate together because that's what we do. And we'll talk about this later. I thought they did some really, really nice. I like, I'm really enjoying it. I enjoy it so much. I think it's definitely something the Hurt Business have come up with themselves. <laughs> yeah, quite Otherwise possibly. It would have been hammered into the ground by now. Okay, let's talk about it because the next thing was Asuka versus, sorry, Lana versus Nia Jax. The culmination of three months of story here. This is not the culmination, clearly. This is just the next bit of it. And... We're, the, the culmination will probably be at WrestleMania. Over yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, probably. So Lana is being given a pep talk backstage by Asuka, saying like, Asuka's like, of course you can do this. You're amazing. Like, I don't believe any of this. Why not just play the really good promo Lana had cut on social media? No, we're going to do this instead. Uh, Lana comes out. She beats Nia Jax in under a minute with the sort of fluky roll-up sex pin. Rusev <laughs> tweeted a picture of the way Lana pinned Nia Jax saying I taught her this because it looks like two people going to town on each other oh, it yeah. was, and it I was a, having a great time it was a dinner for two <laughs> a dinner debonair for two yeah and as soon as that happens Baszler jumps Asuka backstage she comes down and then Jax and Baszler beat up Lana to the extent where Lana is now out injured for TLC so that this whole thing where everyone's been, and I've been with you, I've been like, oh, okay, they're going to pay off this whole thing with Lana putting Nia Jax through a table at TLC. That makes thematic sense, even though to what end? To what end is all this Lana push? She's not good enough to be a wrestler at this level. She's a great manager, but she, just I just don't have no interest in watching her wrestle like this. Babyface, underdog or anything. But no, that's not happening. No, uh, I I, th I thought the beatdown was really good. I thought Lana's selling of the beatdown was really, really good. I thought like her begging them to stop. I thought it was actually very convincing in, in the, the performance that she gave. I was not expecting them to just write her off the pay per view. That 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 I'm I'm questioning. I this Lana storyline has got to go. Well, I was about to say it's got to go somewhere. It's got to continue because I think that they really like it, and I think that they see something in Lana. They clearly love Nia Jax. Um, you know, and they, they're... Baszler feels like she's being wasted here. Um, but it's, yeah, I thought the beatdown was at least good. But yeah, Lana is now off the pay-per-view, so the actual punchline you had to this story of putting through a table is now off, unless they do a tables match at a different show. Unless they actually, or have they just dropped the table thing? Because they didn't put it through a table here. They haven't done it for like four weeks now. It's pointless. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but don't worry, Elias has got a new gimmick. It's that guy that was taken <laughs> off of SmackDown uh, earlier this year for controversial views. Jackson Riker is now with Elias uh, because his music saved him. Mm -hmm. He's been reborn by the universal truth. So they debuted this act on uh, main events last week. Not the main events, on the, the show main events. Yes, it does still happen. Um, 
And uh, do you know what? Raw actually got three laughs out of me uh, this week because, tr- and it's the first time in a while, Truth made me laugh because he gets in the ring. Elias is like, Elias is starting to play a song. Truth gets in the ring and he says, I just wanted to apologize for interrupting you last week on main events. Obviously, the gag is he interrupted him again here. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I'm not going to interrupt you again. And it was it was it was very, very funny. I, I did enjoy this. Then 24-7 geeks ran down and Riker killed a lot of them. I actually wrote in my review that, oh, that's uh that's a very rare example that a 24-7 title chase didn't undermine what was happening in the ring. Because I thought Jackson Riker looked pretty good beating up some of those guys. And then I read that line back and I thought that's where my standards are now. <laughs> Do you remember that report that Elias was going to be a main eventer? Like that was yeah. that was his next thing. He was going to be the main event of Raw, and here he is, chucking about, yeah, larking around in the twenty four seven division. It would seem with Jackson Riker as his new heavy. Also, they look exactly the same. <laughs> uh, after that, they could we do got, magic. After that, we got. Do you want to flip a coin <laughs> with Keith Lee, Miz, and Morrison, and that uh, that handicap match? Uh, and then we got a Firefly Funhouse. This was the, we, we might as well do all of this in one chunk here because it was a storyline that went throughout the night. And it is Bray Wyatt coming down to the ring in a fiend Christmas jumper, which looks awesome. His puppets are at ringside and he does some terrible jokes uh, about snakes, you know, because Randy Orton's a viper. And then Randy challenges him to a game of hide and seek, which sort of makes Bray walk around backstage everywhere and interact with different members of the WWE universe. And then those wrestlers would also interact with the puppets. Yeah, this, I, okay. Hmm. So, A, this didn't really feel like a field trip. This felt like, I, I because WWE's new thing is that they've got to give everything a name. So like the, the showdown between AJ and Drew wasn't, it wasn't a promo segment. It was the championship ascension, which they said as if it happens all the time. It's like, oh God, a championship ascension has happened tonight. Um, so they have to call like Bray White just doing a promo, a field trip to to give it some pff, I don't know, reason for you to, to tune in and watch, I guess. But it was he is the weirdest babyface man. Like it, it, he is a babyface character. We're supposed to like look at him as the babyface, and he's psychotic. And it's so weird that he is the babyface. And later on, I felt this actually did quite a lot of damage to the Bray Wyatt character. I'll be honest with you, because later on, people like people were once upon a time scared of Bray Wyatt's right. Like, oh my god, this guy's legit lost his mind. We're terrified of him. He's talking to puppets, and then he's got the fiend. This is terrifying. Now people are just hanging around with the backstage. Be like, oh Bray, there you are. How are you doing? All the baby faces have to like each other. They have to hang out, even yeah. when that blends a completely different reality with the backstage one. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think Bray's performance is really good. The material here was a bit crap, to be honest. You know, when he tells those Viper jokes, just... But they are purposefully bad jokes, though. Like, that that's part of the comedy, right? That they are bad jokes. Oh, yeah. No, I understand that. <laughs> but that's a heel shtick. Well, oh, but he's also a, a children's entertainer telling bad jokes. Like that is his gimmick, is that he is a, he's a, he's a children's TV character. Well, okay, well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree there. I thought they were bad, and in a bad way. 
uh, which you know you think I, I see what you mean like oh but ironically postmodernly that means it worked they were bad jokes <laughs> and you found them bad I was like yeah yeah well well, well done well done <laughs> creative team I found a segment you intended to be bad bad yeah but yeah it's just this it, it, yeah I, I think it damages the Bray sort of star power but at the same time like we said it last week, I don't want to see puppets talking to wrestlers. Well, I was about to ask you, what are the puppets now? Are they are they living creatures? Because what we got here was the wrestlers like, do you remember when the Muppets hosted Raw? That's what we got here. We got the Muppets mm. hosting Raw again, where wrestlers, Seamus walked up to Beaker and pretended that Beaker was a real person. So you've now got Matt Riddle and R-Truth talking to puppets as if they're real people. What are the puppets now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think they know either. I just think <laughs> they think, well, this is part of the gimmick. They they accompany him places. When no, I think the rules of the gimmick is that the Firefly Funhouse is an extension of Bray's mind. And yeah, those puppets are characters inside his head. You don't... Randy does it apart from that one time at WrestleMania when it was projected onto the ramp. Randy doesn't come out with a snake, Harry Potter style, talking to him being in the voices in his head. Although, God, I bet that's going to happen somewhere down the line in this feud. Anyway, we get to the, the culmination of this a bit later. Bray's looking at, oh, good God. We also had Riddle. So, Riddle did the pronouns bit with Wyatt. He was pitching it as a Firefly Funhouse segment. Bray walks off, and then Riddle talks to Rambling Rabbit, saying, ah, oh, you, you're great. You look like, I'm going to call you Baby Broder. Mm-hmm. It's a pop culture reference there. A current one. Of the, do you know what? At least it's a current reference. W, okay, and this is me lowering my standards here. WWE's usual pop culture references are 20 years out of date. This one's, this one's <laughs> new, man. At least they've got that going for them. I bet they don't even know season two's out. <laughs> I bet they just saw series one. And I, ah. they, they haven't even seen season one. They've seen people tweet about it. Sasha Banks was in it, wasn't she? Yeah, um, yeah. Where's that mention? So it, it culminates in Bray walking around backstage. He sees a rocking chair. He goes to the rocking chair. He cannot resist the rocking chair. He sits down on it. It's a trap. Randy Orton beats him up, puts him in a crate, Randy Orton sets fire to the crate. The crate is opened. The fiend's in there. He mandible claws Randy to the floor. So he's a magic character now. That's the the other side of the, the, the fiend here now is that that's what WWE do. They add in the, the supernatural, the fantastique onto a character that didn't... And this happened with Bray Wyatt the first time around. Bray Wyatt was not a magical character. He was a cult leader who lived in the backwoods. But WWE looked at him and was like, ah, magic. And now <laughs> The Fiend is a magic character. And I think that that is less interesting than The Fiend being the psychotic manifestation of someone who has lost their mind. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think the, because I actually quite liked the Fiend appearing during the blackout last week when Randy pinned him. Um, but and I think this is of the same quality, but all the stuff that happened before it undermined it so much. I was like, my patience was exhausted with this whole thing. So I, 
I ended up thinking that the whole fire bit was a bit goofy. The whole, all of the Fiend stuff on this episode, and but bearing in mind, the Fiend and Orange Cassidy are probably the only bits that I've shown to other people who aren't wrestling fans and been like, what do you think of this? Because the Firefly Funhouse stuff is amazing. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to recognize something special is going on there. This is one of the first times I've seen The Fiend throughout a whole episode and thought, I wouldn't show this to anyone. I'm embarrassed as a wrestling fan if, if someone walked in and saw me watching this and I had to explain what I was watching and this was my job, I'd be embarrassed. This is, you know, last week I couldn't articulate why I didn't like the 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 finish to Raw. That this is what I was worried of, I guess. This is, the, and, and it's now watching this episode and kind of talking it through with you. This is what I was worried about, which is making him a magic character, which I don't think he ever really has been. And now the puppets are real, apparently. So got that going for him. And then also, it cuts w, oh, sorry, also WWE's production is the absolute worst. Oh, the brawl. Oh, the brawl between Randy and Bray was so unwatchable. We filmed our Christmas special last night, um, which will go out on, on December. So I, I, I had a quite a bit to drink. And the, uh, the, the sugar levels that I had from all of the alcoholic drinks woke me up at half past three this morning. And so I, that's when I watched Raw. And th it nearly made me vomit. It, it, nearly made, it made me feel so nauseous and queasy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and then you cut back to the commentary and that Tom Phillips, without any emotion, after seeing a man just get killed, probably, attempted murder there, setting him on fire. That was one of the most shocking things I've ever witnessed. Next up. <laughs> yeah, MVP's got a match now. Yeah. Uh, so that we, we skipped around a bit there. So... Uh, I can't be bothered to talk about a lot of this, to be honest. Ricochet <laughs> lost to Mace. Yeah. They actually brought up the fact that Mace was on commentary. Ali is doing his damnedest to make this whole thing work, but it's they're still not doing it because he said, why is, why is uh, Mace so angry in the ring? Joe, aren't you sat in his seat? And the commentators just completely ignored it. <laughs> We're just like, carrying on with the match here because to them, so WWE's creative team, Mace is not Dio Madden, who was also one of the guys that was sent back to the PC. Mm -hmm. um, Slapjack and uh, T-Bar interfered. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then what's-his-face pinned him. And then after them, Ali said to Ricochet, this ends when you join Retribution. I was like, oh, mate, just let it end. Just uh, <laughs> And then I wrote my notes, this is verbatim, where was Dana Brooke? She was in the next segment having a match. <laughs> I was like, oh, there she is. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I've just had so many, so many delivery guys ring the door, it seems. I, I did hear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we heard it. Uh, yeah, and well, I did like Mace's finisher. Mm, yeah, it's the old, um, I think Victoria used to use it, and I, I heard um, Takahashi used it as well, I think. Yeah, so the Shayna Baszler-Dana Brooke match, uh, barely went a minute. Like, what's the point? Nia Jax pushed Brooke off the second rope for a DQ. They so go that's speak a DQ. Yeah. But the thing with uh, the big guy earlier was not. They go to beat her down afterwards. And it's Mandy Rose, I guess, making her return. And Asuka, who yeah. made the save. So they're, they're building Brooke and Rose for a tag team match. But the champions have already beaten them. Yeah, well, at that. And they're not challenging for the belts this Sunday. Asuka mm -hmm. and the mystery partner is. Who do you think the mystery partner is? 
I I wouldn't even guess. No, uh, no. I my my first thought was like I wonder if they can get Kyrie back. Mm. That'd be oh, really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a bit fun. That would be nice. Yeah, that'd be a bit fun. Uh, I I mean I've seen a lot of people think it's going to be Charlotte Flair. Mm. I'll be, I'll believe when when I see. Could be, but yeah, I don't know. Our uh, truth interacted with Huskus after this, thinking he's Bray's son. It wasn't funny. Uh, and then we got the Riddle versus MVP match again under a minute. Which I like. Why do that to MVP? Why undermine the leader of one of your best factions? But but it doesn't matter that MVP lost, right? Because it's MVP. Like if this was Lashley, I I would agree. But it's MVP, so it doesn't really matter. I just wouldn't have done it at all. I thought it was, yeah. it was a waste of TV time. Yeah. And the main event segment, because you can't do contract signings all the time, was Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles. I, lo- I, lo- I love Drew. I love Drew. But after his best mate was beaten up by AJ in the opening segment, he came out, he did his entrance, he smirked, and then he just stood there for like four minutes while AJ just cut a promo. Yeah, it, it, it didn't work. This this whole thing, like the championship ascension, was absolute nonsense. The music that they played when the the proper made me laugh, but not for the right reason. I thought it was so stupid. Yeah. So the yeah, it was a literal raisin of the championship belt. They've never done this before, have they? Six days out from the show. No, but he'll be wearing it around his waist on Sunday. Like it's not going to be hung above the ring for the entire show, is it? Maybe. I don't know. Are oh, all the belts title. just going to be up there? <laughs> all of them. That, that and the Universal title. They do, maybe they'll do another championship ascension on uh, SmackDown and both of the belts will then be part of it. Mm. Or did AJ take it? Didn't AJ take it down? Yes. Like at the end of the show, he took it down. So it's already it's already taken down. Yeah, so to, to sort of sell the TLC aspect of their match this Sunday, Omos got involved somehow. It's never anything physical. It's always distraction. And AJ used a ladder. He used a chair. And then he put himself and Drew through a table with a flying elbow. And, and again, Drew was hit by a phenomenal forearm, a whole bunch of weapons, and then put through a table. And he was still clamoring up. And I like that. I like the fighting spirit. But this is like the second time in a couple of, like the space of a couple of weeks now, where I've thought. Just sell a bit more. Just sell a bit, yeah. And and, and but it, like it's not Drew though, is it? Like that that's you know it's the to the telling of him to to not sell to to get up after all of this. And but like it does sort of start to undermine things a bit. Like when uh, Shawn Michaels got up after the punk kick, yeah. And I was like, why would you do that to work? One probably the most protected move in WWE history, apart from the sledgehammer. Yeah, it it, it was. You do want to kind of just just a little bit, so show a bit of vulnerability. Oh, I gave this a low pour. In my review, God, the more more we're talking about it, the more I want to say it's a it's a terrible show. I thought this, I thought this was a a really boring, damaging show. Yeah, that is why I had this as a very, very low score. As I said, I I did watch this at half past three this morning, and as soon as I started watching it, I was like, I don't want to be watching this show. I really don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the stuff with Bray, I really, really did not like. It was all the stuff I was worried about last week. Um. I did laugh three times though, so there's that. And I thought the first hour wasn't that bad because I, I really enjoyed the AJ Sheamus match and uh, the six man was fun, although it was, you know, redundant. 
and I thought that Lana's selling was great. Uh, but I would still say that this was probably a poor show because I think they are doing bad damage to uh, to Bray Wyatt. Um, and actually got good for going by Twitter. 36.6% oh, of people gave this show a three out of four, although 31.1%, so almost the same as good, uh, gave it a poor and then 25.8 terrible. So it is like more weighted towards poor and terrible than it is good and excellent. But excellent, uh, but good did win out at the end. Yeah, I don't know how, how like, what does Raw have to do to not be <laughs> voted good by Twitter? It's just, anyway. Uh, we're going to do our shout-outs to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon right now, and then we're going to read out every single one of your Ultra Chats. Get them in at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Uh, but now, our Pledge Hammers. What day is it? It's the 15th. So thank you, full of flavour, Sean Blanford. Here he is. Uh, keep an eye out, uh, patrons, because Ollie and I are going to be recording our review of Vengeance 2001 uh, tomorrow morning, which I'm really excited to chat to you about. I text Ollie um, when the show started, and I was like, it's, a, it's two and a half hours long. And I, and I sent that gif of Antonio Banderas going, being so happy. Well, it's delightful. Uh, moving sideways, Kieran Crabtree. Like a crab. Vito Ventura, pet detective. Excellent. The Lunatic Moxley's Fringe. Keep up in the comments, remember, folks. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Very nice. You'll never get this name right, you idiot, Matthew Zimjewski. Thank you. All-star Chuck T Turner. <laughs> John Chuck Taylor. <laughs> Here comes the money, Fred Buckland. Or Buckland. Infinite Crisis. Chris Jenkins. Very nice. The second coming, Kev Jr. Thank you, Kev. Marcus, he's got Soul Campbell. And hey, third time it's come up on this show. Groovy, Dylan Powers. More, pa more Austin Powers references. Thank you, everybody, ever so much. You can become a WrestleTalk pledge hammer on our Patreon as well. Just go over to our Patreon page, sign up. Loads of exclusive content, extra podcasts, and fun. Right, speaking of fun, your Ultra Chats, Austin Baker, Rainmaker Lee. He's got coins now. Ah, yes. Nothing like that making it hail. Not with, <laughs> not with paper cash, but with shrapnel. Uh, Matthew Makovsky. Hello, lads. Late chat. But I watched Keith Lee versus Ishii last night and there are not enough words to say how effing good it was. Can you imagine Lee versus Cross was booked like this? Fans, moral commentary, same kind of match would have been brilliant. Honestly, I think Keith Lee is so good that he could do that match with literally anyone and would make it absolutely amazing. I don't count out Ishii, man. I think that's 60% oh, Ishii yeah. that match. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you reckon? Uh, Mark East 15. I think Sheamus will come out to help Drew on Sunday when Miz tries to cash in. 
only to turn on him the next night. Also, I think Charlotte will be Asuka's partner. The yeah. Omni Flare. The Omni Flare returns because do you know what? It just makes sense because then they can win the titles. And how on earth will they coexist? Because Charlotte will be looking to get the the, the women's championship as well. Then they can lose the belts and then face each other at WrestleMania. Or actually, I mean, knowing WWE, it'll be like the week before WrestleMania and, and Charlotte will win again. Like that is her gimmick. And face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. And face Becky Lynch, yeah. Um, so back earlier this year, the report was Charlotte will come back when there's when there's a really good story for her. And I was thinking, what? Lana being put through a table is the story that got her to return before the Royal Rumble. But now you've said that. You get to win all the championships. Yeah, that's mm. probably the one. Mike K, hello, lads. Hope you're well. I just wanted to say I got into wrestling pretty late in December 2009. And my first three favorites were Sheamus, CM Punk and Edge, who returned at Royal Rumble 2020, 2020 2010. Great to see Sheamus in limelight. Pun intended. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. Oh, man, you should 100% steal that joke. That's a very, very good joke. Uh, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Raw was terrible last night. Instead, let's have a fun thought. Imagine a feud between Samoa Joe and Eddie Kingston. Ooh, the promos would probably be some of the best we have ever seen. That must have happened at some point, surely. Yeah, I feel like... A... Kingston's been on the, the Indies mm. for a long, long time. Uh, Tyler Woodward, wanting Brock Lesnar to return at Mania is like saying Lana is a problem in a storyline. Raw is yet again being dragged down by Nia Jax and her talent black hole. Also, WTF was that dirt sheet segment. It was like watching my sister's school play. Jam that jam. It, it was probably more obnoxious, uh, I would argue. Um, yeah, it, I mean, like everyone always says why didn't they send naya back to the the performance center and then you was like well i guess they don't really send people back to the performance center <laughs> turns out they do and it's keith lee oh my god i never even thought about that <laughs> reese plays loving the fiend stuff at the moment okay yeah no, that's okay yeah it's always good to have different uh different opinions i bet if you treat all of wwe as just this crazy comic book where anything happens then yeah then then this this totally works seamlessly uh i think for me and you though we we don't like supernatural stuff interfering in the real part of the fake wrestling show it, it was hard enough trying to explain what the, what the firefly funhouse match was at wrestlemania like that was hard enough to try and work out how that sort of works in the world Zachary T. Robinson. Afternoon, gents. It really saddens me how Keith Lee's run has gone since joining Raw. It feels like his aura's noticeably dimmed since he left NXT. All these losses and non-finishes for a guy like that. I really can't fathom it. Unhappy emoticon. Yeah, S same here, Zachary. 100% same here. Uh, I'll hot tag in. Uh, this is Kay says, uh, I cannot believe that WWE has gotten this bad. I've been watching since 2002 and uh, I can now no longer watch it. Uh, wow. So sad. By the way, Merry Christmas to all of you guys. Um, if you, yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. If you're not already, watch AEW and NXT. Mm -hmm. Don't give oh, yeah. up on wrestling altogether. Uh, Zachary Jenkins, I was listening to the Bound for Glory podcast, uh, and Luke's uh, like Ravens does not look good. So I looked for myself and said, uh, man, this is not hardcore triple threat. Raven time was not good to him. This is the Bound for Glory podcast. I'm guessing that's the, the rest talk one that yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. We did. We've done a Bound for Glory, haven't we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was Raven in that on that card? 
Yeah, the oh yeah, we did Bound for Glory 2010, didn't we? Yeah. I was raving on that card. I cannot remember. But yeah, I mean he had a thyroid uh, <laughs> uh, issue that really, really plagues him for for a lot of that period of time. It was it was rough, rough going for him. Uh, Scott Young, hey guys, uh, don't want to give you a live stream, but wanted to say that your charity streams have helped me throughout this current period. Being stuck inside has messed with my head, and the links in the Quizzle Manias have helped me a lot. Cheers, lads. Cheers to you, Scott. Uh, Uptown Avondale. I'm rewatching Warehouse 13. Surely Laurie is under the influence of an artifact, and so-called friends won't save him for shame. I've not seen Warehouse 13, so I don't understand that reference. You? No, I get it. Josh Jostad. Hey, lads. I love all your content and everything you do. With that said, it's Fakeador. Uh, sad to see how everything Fakeador has been in WWE lately. I haven't Fakeador anything since Fakeador won the Fakeador in the Fakeador. Fakeador, Fakeador, Fakeador. Thanks, guys. Uh, what? What? Uh, did everyone else, hear, did any, everyone else hear that many faker doors, or was that just me? Tyler Woodward, uh, I would also like to thank you guys for this past year. I only started watching you properly in 2020, as I'm usually a cultaholic guy, and I still am. Enjoy your Christmas break. Thank you guys for the past year of entertainment during all of this. Thanks to Steve Carino, JTJ. Uh, Carol, um, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you too. And uh, thanks for the little neck as well. <laughs> well, try and do better. Uh, Carol wants, hello, guys. Uh, glad you're here keeping us sane as Vince bores us to death on a weekly basis. You could miss Raw and not miss a thing. Uh, figured I'd ultra chat in some dollars to help with the cost of sending the championships. Well, Fakeador, our upcoming new champion. Hashtag and new. Hashtag yes, please. Yes, please. Eddie Carter. Hi, uh, Luke and Mr. Davis. Happy birthday for yesterday, Luke. Thank you very much, Eddie. Thank you to everyone who sent me a message on, on Twitter. It was very lovely. Uh, Raw was poor last night. Hopefully TLC will be better, but my hopes are low. Also, everything will be Fakeador, Mr. Davis. Can we have a Fakeador t-shirt as you have an FTF t-shirt already? There are Fakeador t-shirts on there, the WrestleTalk merchandise store, I believe. Yeah, that's WrestleShop.com. But you won't need it because... I will hold the championship. I will I will be the first ever successful defender of the champion. I will see out this year. This has been my year. I am the League of Lockdown winner as the Jam That Champion. And I'll show you all why in tomorrow's predictions live stream. It's me versus Laurie, it seems, on our live stream. Luke will be joining us as well tomorrow, where we will go through our predictions at 3 p.m. GMT as well, the usual podcast time. We have got in your League of Lockdown um, emails in one person as well who may have emailed with an update to Ooh. their ranking so we shall get to that when we can for first up is aaron who says hi luke and ollie i think i could be a contender for the covid weight championship i didn't have a job at the start of the year because of redundancy then lockdown happened spent the early parts of the year doing my home up before getting a new job working from that home after seven months i've still never met anyone i work with but working from home i've smashed so much candy crush and listened to twenty thousand one hundred and nineteen hours of podcasts like you guys i made a lot of or us well, he has got an image. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, like you guys, I made a lot of sourdough. Sourdough pancakes and cinnamon rolls are probably the best bakes, but feeding the starter was too much work, and I gave up on that fad. Did you give up on yours? 
no, I made one at the weekend. It was the best one I made. It's a myth that you have to feed the starter. You just have to feed the starter and sort of reactivate it before you bake that loaf, my friend. It's not a Tamagotchi. Right. <laughs> Is it not? Oh, that's a shame. Uh, try and make a bit of a game out of it. Um, next up, we've got um, if Fakador needs someone to uh, climb with, uh, climb in with Manchester, time to give me a shout. Here's the before and afters of the uh, home DIY at the start of the year. We were top of the podcast list uh, for his uh, 20,000 hours he put in, followed by the official Manchester United podcast, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, Office Ladies. And the Joe Rogan experience. I'd imagine probably like 19,000 hours of that with the Joe Rogan experience because those are long podcasts. Yeah, you know how we said we put out a lot of content? <laughs> oh, Bro Rogan. That's what he's called in our house. Bro Rogan. Three, four, five hour long episodes, four, five times a week. Joe Rogan by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, <laughs> all day. Um. So, sorry, what was that person's name? So that was Aaron. Aaron. Now, you did really well on Candy Crush. I think that's your big achievement there. You dropped the sourdough, got a job working from home, mm -hmm. still hasn't met any of their colleagues. Or Lauren. Uh, I, I'm going to put you below Harry and above Kate. So Kate, Claims to have listened to 139 hours, uh, 139 episodes of the WrestleTalk podcast. So you're above her, but Harry was a key worker in the first lockdown, and he joined a band he likes and recorded some singles. So that's where you're at. And Harry's quite, I was going to say, Harry felt like he was quite high. The top, the top half of the table is so competitive. It's like AEW's tag team division. Well, let's see if John uh, Cochran can get in there. Good mo uh, morning slash afternoon slash evening after listening to the latest podcast, December 7th, tw uh, 2020. I just wanted to throw my hat into the ring. It does start a little before COVID, though. Mm -hmm. So we have to take okay. some consideration. My wife was offered a job, better pay and benefits back in my hometown where my daughter lives in December 2019, but was only given two weeks to travel and start. I had to remain where I was employed at the time so I could pack up and get the home ready to sell, uh, which is oh, 12 hours and 37 minutes away. It's not I packed up distance. Not really, no. Uh, I packed up and moved in on March 2020, uh, the start of COVID. We were then paying our mortgage on the house, paying rent on our new place when it put a strain on us uh, due to me looking for a new job, also doing all of this while my wife was pregnant. In May, I finally found a job, but not the best because uh, it needed to have, um, sorry, but not the best, but needed to have income. In June, our youngest son, Grayson, was born. Yes, his name is a nod to Robin. Um, and cool. my other son... And my other son is called Damien, after Damien Wayne. Um, uh, in September, I finally got more time and custody of my eldest daughter. I'm now planning for the first Christmas where I have all three of my children with me. My daughter is 12. I've never had the chance to have her open presents with me on Christmas morning. We've now been pre-approved for a loan and are currently looking for our, for our forever home. I listen to everything that you guys put out, including under consultation. Yes, John. Yeah. Everyone at WrestleTalk, other than Andy rolling his ass, makes my day seem shorter, and I feel like I'm visiting my friends during these horrible times. Uh, deep from my heart, thank you, John Cochran. P.S. Sorry for the longish email. Keep up the great work. Where are you placing John? John had some big hitters there. 
A lot of big hitters. Like you said, it did that that tale started before COVID. But but lukewarm, find me a tale on this list that did not begin before COVID. Some of the best do. The seven-year toxic relationship someone got out of. That's seven LSD. years before COVID. LSD. Every weekend. Good grief. And you really won me over with the Robin named children. You know, <laughs> if I ever have a daughter, I call them Robin. That's always been my plan. I'm I'd adopt, so I don't know. Can you rename kids? <laughs> like a, <laughs> if you get a dog from the pound. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know. I've I've never looked into it. I actually wanted to, if if I have had a daughter, call her Karen Page, like Page being the middle name. Um, but unfortunately, a my wife hates the name Karen. B it's a bit of a, a poison chalice now. Uh, call, you, you, yeah, sandbagging a child by calling it Karen in twenty twenty. Or call just call her Page, middle name here. <laughs> yeah, it's always an option. Yeah. Page here, Owen. Page here, oh. Karen. Anyway, John, where are you placing him? Oh, I feel like it's got to be top flight. It's, it's, it's got to be top it's, flight. It's definitely in top five because currently, you've 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 definitely beat out Will and Eli, and Jonathan Hedman, who are sort of tied at fourth and fifth. Will, for reference, got COVID. Now he's a Patreon and has had a baby, but John has had a baby got a new job, got custody of his first kid back, named his kids after Robins, and he's getting the, the, the having the 12-year-old daughter with him for the first time at Christmas. That's like, I've seen this Will Ferrell movie. This is the end of the Will Ferrell movie. Before, before you do make that final judgment, we did get an update from Will. Well, let, let me put, okay, let me put John in as a tentative... I'm putting him in at four. <clears throat> He's beneath Jay. So you've got Stuart top, Seth Amphetamines at two, Jay at third, and currently John at fourth. So you are top five, but will so, you be at four or five? Okay, so Will has got an update that just says, Luke, Ollie, I'm now cured of COVID and I got a promotion at oh, work oh, to move oh. into my dream job. Like the SmackDown ratings, I expect to go up. Oh my God. Update. I'm writing this in my notes. Lord <laughs> from COVID. Promotion to dream job. That's big. That's big. That's big. I, you know, COVID is very serious, um, but I know plenty of people who have recovered from it. I'm not saying it's fake or anything. I just anecdotally, I know. So that isn't that isn't really making me go wow there. The promotion to the dream job's good, and I'm happy for you. But the twelve-year-old daughter, round for the first Christmas, it's big. I can sell that. I'm going to sell that to a Hollywood producer, John Cotrain. Uh, and Harry has sent in to say, uh, "Hello, lads. Me again. I'm just writing to say you're going to have to move me down the pecking order, as both me and my missus tested positive for COVID on Sunday morning. Uh, we do have symptoms, but are going to say as positive as possible. I'll keep you in the loop. We'll send another email. We eventually kick COVID right in the nutsack. Much love, it's Harry, our Geordie bus driver. So wait, wait, wait. Where is he with COVID right now? Is he cured? He's got it. He's he's got COVID currently. 
I didn't expect the League of Lockdown to have a real-time element. I didn't think people would, would email in and, and willingly knock themselves down. I'm going to keep you where you are, Harry. Mm -hmm. Yes, I didn't expect it yeah. to be as competitive mm. as it has become. Oh, you um, underestimate our audience. They're, they're I, my audience. Uh, also, thank you to Jonathan Hedman, um, who uh, said the correct answer is that fat is converted to carbon dioxide and water. You exhale the, the carbon dioxide, the water mixes into your circulation until it's lost as urine or sweat. If you lose 10 pounds of fat, precisely 8.4 pounds of that comes through your lungs. The remaining 1.6 turns to water. So basically, yes, learned a lot in The Lion King, where we all eat uh, our poops. Um, now we know, <laughs> and knowing is half the battle, G.I. Joe. I, uh... You remember when I didn't eat for three days? <clears throat> oh, I, I, I remember it very well, yes. And I was really confused how I was still pooping. <laughs> yeah. Because I just assumed that the poop is the food. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Like, that's only 20% of poop. <gasps> is it really? The, the main bulk of poop. The, the you know the sawdust in the sausage is actually dead blood cells and just body waste. How oh. gross is that? Well, so you're saying that a hundred percent of yours was that uh, during those three days of non eating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was twenty percent blood cells, and it was just <laughs> crapping dead blood. Uh, right, let's see if we can get in. We have got one more here uh, from Jack who says, hey guys, uh, it's Jack the most sensation here and I am winning COVID. Or oh, you're Big immediately like I'm immediately making a, a bad mark by your name for the, the confidence. Don't believe me? Why would you? I'm just a guy with a silly name, but I'm pretty sure I can prove it. Let's go back to the start. Uh, lockdown is announced. My first daughter is born at 4 a.m. The rules with regards to parents and partners hanging in the birthing suite are in the beta phase. So despite my wife being held for 24 hours, I wasn't ejected. I started lockdown by falling in love. From there, I had two weeks paternity, then declared my asthma and had 16 weeks furlough and saw my daughter grow each day. My wife was fantastic. Not to blow my own trumpet, so was I. I helped my <laughs> wife dress uh, by going on my hours walk with the baby strapped to my chest. During that time, staying up till 2 a.m. watching YouTube videos, playing PlayStation while my daughter was in a, more, a Moses basket next to me so my wife could get some much needed rest. My best friend Alex tells me of a little show called Quizzle Mania, which I promptly binged. I then went back to work. I'm a bus driver in Norwich and I love it. I started midday and finished at midnight working four days a week. I spend every spare moment with Jack Jr., not her actual name, and my wonderful wife. Then lockdown two, electro, uh, electric boogaloo happened and my work got easier. Happy, happy, happy. I was bored as balls with wrestling until I found you all. My mental health is great. My baby is healthy. My family are all safe and well, and my wife is sexy as hell. Love your <laughs> podcast. Your content rocks. Sorry I've gone on. Hope you're well. Keep smiling, world. Make the best of the worst. Please jam that jam. You sure it isn't Carl Anderson? Who is <laughs> he does follow me on Twitter, so it, it could have been Carl Anderson. I'm just going mm. to drop that there. First daughter is good. 16 weeks furlough and still having your job that you really love. Good. A lot of PlayStation playing. Good. Sexy wife. Also good. 
declaring yourself as being really good at raising a child. It's kind of, I can't put you above the other people who have, so many people have had babies on this list. I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you beneath Will. Oh, the bus drivers, the battling bus drivers. And Will asked to go, like, sorry, Harry asked to go down. Yeah, yeah. So currently, just as a recap, at first place, we got Stu. He uh, he was the one who's created board games, beat cancer, sat amphetamines at two, kicked an LSD habit. Jay got out of a toxic seven-year relationship, new girlfriend from old school, moved in with friend. John Cotrain moved into a new house, uh, g g got one kid, got custody of another kid. Children are named after Robins from Batman. Will got COVID, beat COVID, promotion to dream job, had a baby, most importantly, WrestleTalk Patreon account. And that's the top five right now. Then, then it's Jack. So Jack is just outside the top five. It's a stacked old list. We've only got one more show of it. So get them in to support at WrestleTalk.com. Send us an email with your League of Lockdown submission. We'll see you on that AEW podcast in a couple of days' time. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.